Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, I think if we would have had a clunker, it probably would have been last Sunday. You know, after an emotional win, going back to the West Coast, playing a good team on the road. Um, you know, so I think that... Uh, I think it shows us team likes to compete. We've got the right right kind of guys that will go out there and compete each and every day, and hopefully we don't have any of those clunkers. Hopefully we win some by 13. It'd be nice. Oh, God. Of course he says his, his like, boy, if we can avoid a clunker, wouldn't it be amazing if scenario is not winning a game by 20? Yep. Or yep. 30. Yep. And I'm foreshadowing part of the uh, state of the offense address here today. <laughs> and it's not beat a team 41 to 10. It's, man, if we could just beat a team by 13, that would be a Mike Zimmer blowout for you boys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 12 and a half. Yeah. If we could just, just you know, cover us. Just cover, nine. Just, just cover get up by nine. 11 and a half point scores. spread. I feel so good about this. Uh, so this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, Therapy, Loathing, in some cases, presented also in part by TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I mm-hmm. think it's worth reminding the audience that because you guys are so negative. No, we want the... We have high aspirations for this franchise, and when they don't meet those expectations, aspirations, we get a little salty sometimes on the show. So just a disclaimer for all of you who are coming from Duckies and Bunnies land or Purple Positivity channels and podcasts, like we don't Mm -hmm. just sugarcoat on this show. You guys aren't true fans. That's all I have to say to you guys. (laughs) We literally want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Oh, that's not true fan. Nothing more. True than that. Team Zim, <laughs> Zim forever. Um, if it's if it's uh it's okay with you guys, I would like to just start with the four key offensive stats here. Every Thursday we do our State of the Vikings offense address, and I think I think the first category is going to launch a lengthy conversation. Okay, cool. And then later we'll get to random Viking of the week where Declan looks to uh, get off the schneid Ugh. against Judd. Key offensive stat number one. Remember, these are stat categories. These are sort of topical categories with stats within them. And the category is, why doesn't this offense score more points? And I know what you're going to say. Well, the defense is the problem. The defense gave up 200 yards rushing, and 
I agree on all those things. I think both of you guys agree that the defense, especially uh, with all the money they spent in the offseason, they've had a bunch of injuries too, but what we're about to talk about doesn't mean that the defense also doesn't need to be improved. It does, but this is a conversation today, State of the Offense Thursday, about offense. And the first category is why doesn't this offense score more points? So uh, they're tied for ninth in scoring offense, which is good but not great when you look at the weapons. But here's the most amazing thing. It's been 39 games since the Vikings scored 40 points in a game. In Mike Zimmer's eight years, the Vikings have scored 40 points in a game only four times. For some context, the Bills and the Cowboys have scored 40 points three times each this year already. Uh, the Bengals, the Colts, the Bucks, and a couple other teams, I think, too, have scored 40 multiple times this year. And uh, so I threw this out on Twitter this morning, and you know, some people were asking, okay, what over those eight years, four times scoring 40 points, where does that sort of fall among other teams? Well, it's uh, right near the bottom, as you might expect. So, again, four 40-point games over the last eight years of Mike Zimmer. The Saints have 17, the Patriots 15, the Chiefs 14, Cowboys 13, Falcons Bills, Titans, Ravens, Colts, Packers, all double digits. I'm not asking them to score 40 points every other weekend, but how about like once in 40 games when you've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, yet Stefan Diggs for multiple years, and Kirk Cousins, while not perfect, is capable, he's accurate, he throws a great deep ball, why don't they score more points? Very, very simple because they're not designed to. That's not their that's not the mode of operation for which Mike was brought here. Mike was brought here to play really good defensive football and any success that came offensively was a byproduct. But everything here was and is with this coach. And this isn't this is not even close to being a criticism. It's it's just the Reality of Zim is he was hired as a defensive coach to win close games. He he was hired to essentially win the games that we're seeing this year. Unfortunately for him, this team has transformed itself into a team that is right now far superior offensively than defensively. Uh, so they're built totally different than the philosophy of how they're supposed to operate. But, I mean, this whole thing was, if you go back to when Les Frazier got fired, this whole thing was designed to bring in a defensive-minded guy to try and keep games as close as possible and to shut down the offenses that were having so much success against the Vikings' defense back then. Mission accomplished for three or four years. Nice job. Uh, but things have just changed, and, and that's why all of these things go down the path of why is a change necessary. Like, are you guys – like, why? why? Why do we need to change? Because the league has changed, because the team has, has changed, and you could make an argument, the team has changed for the better. This team is fun. Like This team is way more fun now. They've got some well, great talent. It can be. It, 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 it can be this fun. Te- this team can be, yes, yes. But, I mean, this team has the components to be fun. They are often stifled, but that's coaching. Again, this whole thing, in my opinion, in 2021 gets back to coaching. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this, this team is – this the stat that you gave, Phil – is what this club was designed to do with this coach. It's another example of why it's time to look at getting a fresh start.
Do you think I – mean, I'm going to oversimplify this, but do you guys think with the Vikings' weapons and with Kirk having – like he's playing the best football over the last like 17, 18 games of his career for the most part. Do you think they could score 40 points a handful of times over the course of a season if coaching, scheme, everything, if just like – if that was – if the hyper-focus was – Let's run it up offensively. Let's maximize whether our defense is playing well or not. Let's throttle the opponent. Because I think they, like I think it's realistic to say, yeah, three, four, five times in a season with these weapons. Yeah. They could have you scored should. 40 on Sunday. If, if they had been – if you embrace the shootout, if you're like, okay, it, it, you know what? Our, our entire defensive line is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not as good defensively as we thought. But we've got Jefferson and Dillon and Cousins, and let's go through that whole thing. And we're going to empower them as well. So not just say, go out there and score 40, boys. Say, here's how we're going to do it. Absolutely they could, yes. I mean, it's. I don't even think in this in the game today, I don't even think it's that hard. And, and just so you guys have the full context here, too. So if all of these 40-point performances in the NFL offensively in the last eight years since Mike Zimmer took over, and there have been 233 of them. NFL teams are 223 and 10 when they score 40 points in a game. Three of those losses are the Browns. So the Browns, the Browns themselves make up 30% of all 40 points. You know, when you score 40 points, you hey. still wind up losing the game. But it was fun to watch, I'm sure. Uh, and then another question I would have here, too, because. Uh, since Kirk Cousins arrived, the Vikings have only scored 40 points in a game, I believe, twice. Once in 2019 against the Lions, and then there was another game in there. It might only be one. It's once or twice, basically, in uh, Kirk Cousins' time here. And yet, you see the top quarterbacks in the league, the Drew Brees. is like all of the guys that people love to compare Kirk's stats to, right? Look at Tom Brady's blank compared to Cousins' completion percentage, whatever, right? Or Aaron Rodgers. Like, people love to put Kirk Cousins' stats right up there with the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So why is it that those offenses are scoring a lot more points on a more regular basis over the last handful of years than Kirk Cousins' offenses? And I know what the Kirk Crusaders are going to say. Coaching is holding him back. Offensive line is holding him back. But you're telling me that all of these other teams, I mean, hell, the Cowboys do it on a regular basis. They've had imperfections across coaching. You know, they, you know Zeke fell off a map like two years ago. Right. I just think some of it's also on the quarterback. Don't disappear in the second half for a chunk. You know, don't, don't just accept the scheme as given to you mm-hmm. as an I just work here guy on Wednesday when your coaches are going to the game plan. Like, you get a voice in that room. It's not just like, well, he's my boss and he told me this. No, you're a leader, dude. Go watch the Tom Brady documentary on ESPN+. Plus. You think he's just, I just work here guy? If you're that talented and you're that accurate and you're that dangerous and you put up those stats, then you have a voice. So speak up if you think that there's plays being left out there schematically. Well, I think the problem is, is this, and I, I think that, that all of us uh, from – from the Kirk stands to the Zimmer stands, I think we all can agree. The reason why this team doesn't do more offensively is far more mental than it is physical. It is mental. It, it, it's a mentality that is, that permeates the building, and it's a mentality that starts with Mike and goes to Kirk 
and and holds this team back. But they are, I mean, we're in a season now where they are literally unable to see and embrace the strike. So, like, I can't help them at this point. This this has jumped the proverbial shark of common sense. And that is a great segue. Football. To stat category number two here on State of the Offense Thursday. The category is pounding the rock, or do they? The Vikings this season are 15th in rush yards per game. They are 17th in rush yards per attempt, and maybe even more telling. According to Football Outsiders, the Vikings lead the league in percentage of runs where the running back is tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. 24% of Vikings run plays are stuffed at the line or behind it this season. It's, fa- it's famine, famine, feast. We're back. Two We're eights back. back. Two By the way, Peter, back. Peterson back with, back with the Seahawks. He's back in the league. Yeah, I think this is team number <laughs> six now or seven since he, he left here. Yeah, it's just so, it's so, it's so pathetic and Titans. sad to watch. I love it. I hope he gets Barry Sanders. I hope he no, catches get Barry. Out. Get out. Get out of the house. Get Your out. malicious yeah. attacks on Adrian Peterson. No, I attack. Look, Ben Roethlisberger. You're taking a retire. switch to Adrian's legacy. It's <laughs> not very nice. And I think everyone <laughs> like him should retire and get out before you completely ruin whatever history. I agree. You he had. should retire after he catches Barry Sanders yeah. um, for a, for oh, a no, ranking a in the no, all time. No, 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 no. Okay, back to the stat. Back to the stat. We're back. We're back to the Peterson so, years, though. So they don't run the ball very well. Right. It's, it's a shock to Mike Zimmer's system, right? It's like, oh, we run the ball and play defense. Like, no, you're actually pretty bad at well, both those things. So yeah. go score 40 through the air. And if you go back to when Dalvin got hurt, twisted his ankle initially in what game? Um, Arizona week two. Uh, Dalvin Cook had some really good runs once he came back. I think he missed two games. But go back and watch. He has not been the same back. Like, there have been a lot of care. He is... One of the reasons why he is getting tackled like he does is there are times where there's no burst there. He can't put his foot in the ground and move as well. And so that's played a factor. Um, and there, there's this big there's this big thing now about should you use the run? Like the teams run. Okay. The run's important. The run, the run does set up the pass and the pass sets up the run and I think to go completely one-dimensional is silliness but that's not the debate to me the debate is how much should you use the run how advantageous can play action be which I believe it can be if used correctly Um, so the debate is not you know you shouldn't run or you should run all the time the debate is how are you doing it and and that gets to a conversation where I think guys like Zim fall in love with the fact that, well, we just need to run. Like, if we need to run. Okay, but to what end, right? Like, to what end? Because you can't just say, we need to run. Well, you also need to score touchdowns. But to what end do you go about yeah. achieving those things? That, that to me, it, it, when they sit down and meet, that should be the question. Yeah, I don't think abandoning the run is necessarily the answer. And, and you know, they're not... They're not. They've been throwing the ball more this year than they did last year. Like last year, I think they were like bottom six in attempts or something. Yeah. So, right. so they've definitely become. They have leaned into the pass more, but you know, I think in Mike Zimmer's mind, 
the identity of this football team in his perfect world is a quarterback that doesn't screw it up, take some calculated shots here and there, but don't go too crazy, run the ball, control the clock, keep the game within. But he's thinking keep the game close as in, like, don't let the opponent get out in front. But when you have a chance to keep the game, uh, when you have a chance to make the game not close offensively by scoring more points, it's like, you know, but they're not running the ball very well. They're obviously not playing very good defense. Uh, but the thing that is working when they lean into it is that passing. But I did find the famine, famine feast stat pretty fascinating. It's I do just, think uh, though. I do think that the primary problem there is Cook's health. I really do, because I don't believe if, if you go back, I don't think he he had Adrianitis previously. <laughs> Like I think it's like where he tap time. dances behind the line. Yeah, and what, yeah. How would and, you define Adrianitis? Yeah, tap dances. Tap dance. Uh, d- doesn't wait for for the blockers to block and then gets tackled. But then, but yeah. then, in his defense too, he then breaks loose for he is loose for a sixty-five yard touchdown. Yes, you talk about Adrian Peterson like he's Matt Asiata. He's um, literally one of the greatest running, running backs of all time. time. And if he, he wants is, to stick he, around and chase Barry's record, now. I'm fine with it. The, in, in his prime, that's why he has to go, because he was so good in his prime, he's sullying the canvas. He's taking he's taking a a Van Gogh, and he's dumping paint on top of it. Okay, when you think of Joe Montana, do you think of him in his last year with the Chiefs? I think of the Chiefs th- as well, yeah. I think of the Chiefs. Oh, you're a sick man. I yeah, see the ball are. fluttering through you the need air. Therapy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty sad. I look, Big Ben's doing the same thing right now, dude. Get out, Declan. When you when you think of, uh, I was gonna say Johnny Unitas, but he played like thirty years before you were born. Um, when you think of Brett Favre, do you think of Brett Favre like face down at at uh, TCF Bank Stadium, <laughs> unconscious, or well, like throwing twenty picks with the Jets, or do you think of him face down. running Declan running through the Superdome with a finger in the air, or? Throwing a pass to Greg. Well, Lewis. I mean, I, I probably remember him being dead on the concrete ground yeah. in TCF Bank Stadium as a as a <laughs> as a senior in high school. But uh, but no, it doesn't I th- tarnish his career. Yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't ruin his career or, or limit his Hall of Fame credibility. Like when Adrian Peterson hangs it up, they're going to remember him as legitimately the last great bell cow running back and one of the greatest running backs of all time, all day. It's like Judd when you when you have a full can of Surly, but then you drink it and you crush the can, and the can's all mangled. I don't crush the afterwards. can. I have more respect for the can than that. <laughs> oh. Put some respect on that dead soldier can, okay? Dead soldier. Put some respect on that thing. Don't uh, be crushing that thing. Well, tell us about Surly. Your love for Surly. <sighs> well, first of all, there's always a full can here because, well, I have that much respect for my friends at Surly Brewing, and in particular, Surly. Furious IPA. It's Thursday, which means we got football tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, that means it's time to get to your liquor store and pick up your favorite Surly Brewing product. Furious is mine. But look, the Vikings play on Sunday and they play Detroit. And I think they're going to win, but it might be close. And guess what? Win or lose. Surly and a Furious can be by your side to ease the pain or to celebrate with. Don't settle. Get Surly. All right. Football. All right. Category number three is a question. How much pressure is Kirk really under? So here's the stats. Here's the data from Pro Football Focus. Okay. And I will preface this by saying the Vikings offensive line has not been all that great to say it nicely. There's been a couple real train wreck games, but it's all relative. The Vikings have one of the worst pass protecting offensive lines in the NFL. 
but I think people overstate it. People act like it's a terrible offensive line, and as he's hitting his fourth step on a drop, every time there's nine defenders in his face. Well, the reality is, according to Pro Football Focus, Kirk faces pressure on 33% of dropbacks, which is like 18th in the NFL, with number one being the best. Uh, and, and I think number one, I can't remember which team, I don't have in front of me, but uh, is like 21%, and then the bottom is like 40%. So they're kind of in the middle of the pack, shading toward the bottom half. 33% of dropbacks, he faces pressure. To his credit, he has thrown no interceptions while under pressure this season. So he's clearly the last couple of years since he started the season last year with like 11 picks in the first five games or six games. You know, that was, I think that was an enlightening moment for him to just say, all right, I, and the coaches to tell him, dude, you can't, that thing against the Falcons, like we need you to throw the ball down the field, but you got to be a little more careful. Uh, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, and Sam Darnold, by contrast, all have six interceptions under pressure this year. So I think the the main takeaways here are, the offensive line as a whole is not good, but it doesn't mean that you're being pressured on every snap. He's still clean, like 70% of dropbacks, and uh, you know has done a good job under pressure not making game-changing mistakes for the most part. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? I have many thoughts off this point. Uh, first of all, I, I think the reason why he has thrown – fewer picks and this is actually a big credit to Kirk is in in the games he's played well and there have been a lot of those this year um his release time has been quicker and so it's not that he's taking sacks and being dumb Mm -hmm. it feels like he is delivering the ball and so so there's pressure there but in 2020 that pressure got to him and he might have fumbled or he might have thrown a pick or he or or been sacked now in the games where it's going well, the ball is out. Credit to Kirk. Um, so I think that that's the important thing when he's playing well. But let me say this about the thing, what you're talking about as well, with Kirk and, and with the, I think it was three quarterbacks, Phil, that you ran through who have thrown picks. I think there needs to be, and there probably is from PFF, a category of damaging picks versus picks that don't hurt you and are actually good, decent throws. Mm -hmm. So the one thing where Kirk, so Kirk's pick against San Fran on Sunday is a damaging pick. It's, it gives San Fran great field position. The guy damn near scored. It's a terrible short throw. And and I'm not, look, he's going to have those. I get that. But like, if we're talking about car, are we talking about damaging picks or are we talking about a third down shot that he takes uh deeper down the field and yes it's a chance it gets picked but it's sort of akin to a punt in some ways and so i think there's two things the one thing that favors kirk in that stat is he's delivering the ball quicker and probably doing a better job because he's going to have pressure i get that but the second thing is the negative to that possibly is it's also the risk adverse, I just don't want to throw a pick, which I don't think is the right way to start your day, your game day. I think the right way to start your game day is we're, we're going to try and score as many points as possible. I don't want to throw dumb picks. I don't I don't want to drop back and go into a blind panic and throw the ball up. Yeah. But if I'm trying to hit Justin Jefferson down the field on you know second or third down and it gets picked off, that shouldn't end us. 
So, so like, I think beyond that stat, there are probably other smaller subsets of stats that would be interesting to see. Yeah, I think, well, so depends on how deep in the weeds you want to go here, but um, there, there's another stat called turnover-worthy plays. So whether it was an interception or not is sort of irrelevant. It's should it have been one. Got it. And, th- and then if you throw, then, you know, let's say you throw a pass over the middle and it bounces right off K.J. Osborne's hands up in the air and gets picked. You're not getting dinged on the turnover. You're getting dinged with an interception, but it's not counting for a turnover-worthy play because it's not your fault. So turnover-worthy plays this season among quarterbacks. He's kind of mid-pack. He was really high on the list in a good way up until I think it was the Packers game that he got away with a couple. He had probably had three turnover-worthy plays in the fourth quarter alone. Just like that throw to Thielen could have yeah. been an interception, but you know, sort you don't want to go. You don't want to just be like a turnover sprinkler, but mixing in a couple risky plays here and there and trusting that Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen can make a play isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, and that brings us to the fourth category here, boys. Oh, I should mention too on the pressure, Oli Udo has been the worst graded mm. offensive lineman. Uh, Bradbury's pretty low, too, but he's not a starter anymore. As a pass protector, Ole Udo ranks 73rd out of 84 guards. Nice and he's given up, the, uh, or he's taken the second most penalties among guards as well. So, it's just, you know, it was an experiment, and it's not working. Yeah. It's not working. He's, uh, he, he is the purple J.K. Yeah, it's a, uh, well, I mean, uh, Jake, Jake Cave has, is like four years beyond is oh. welcome. I think Oli wow. will settle in as a nice swing backup offensive lineman. Oh, he'll be a great bear. Don't worry about him. <laughs> he'll be a great Chicago bear. Want to write that down? <laughs> yeah. Are you going on the record? No, I'm not going on the record. <laughs> That's a good prediction. Uh, all right. And then the fourth category here, four key offensive stats. It's a new category this week. It, it really should have been in play since week one. Because people love to throw out every single day you can find a stat from someone that paints Kirk Cousins as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And so we're going to coin this category. And if I remember to do it every week, we're going we're gonna to make it weekly. It's the Kirk Cousins Hall of Fame jacket stat of the week. All right. Game-winning drives since 2015, the first year Kirk became a starter. Tom Brady, 14. Aaron Rodgers, 16. Kirk Cousins, 18. You like that? You like that? Your thoughts. How many could could it be if Kirk didn't choke sometimes? Oh my god. Uh well there's that. Like that's I, I, um my, I think there's also like you you have to be trailing late well, in games. Well, it's context. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like to, how often is Tom Brady really again, trailing late in games again, than Rodgers? It's context. So like all all of these stats are What's the what's the true context, and can we go deeper? Because yeah, like like the question. I, I guess the question then is, okay, Kirk had had opportunities to directly lead how many potential winning drives. Brady, the same thing. That's the question. Yeah, there yeah, needs to be like really a GWD part. percentage, like a batting average or something. Yeah, because I mean, I would guess that <laughs> Brady's. I would guess that his average is really good, but that's a guess. No, I think you're right on that. I think that's a, a good, educated guess. Tom Brady. I As guess well. another way to phrase this question. So I gave you the stat, and this is this is this is the Kirk Cousins intersection in a nutshell, right here. The, the stat says, Which is 
since 2015, he has more game-winning drives than maybe the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, but, but then if I turn around and ask you, all right, who do you want leading your drive? You're on the 20-yard line, one timeout, a minute left. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's kind of a laughable question. Right? Yeah. yeah, and again, I want the percentage. Like Kirk's I don't even need the percentage. I don't need Kirk's percentage <laughs> is probably not that great. I would guess Brady's is. Uh, so yeah, that's that's not that, that's not tough. Yeah, a couple other stats here too. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have been to eight conference championship games since 2015. Brady has three rings over that stretch. But there's always like a cat and mouse whenever there's a a Kirk Crusader versus you know someone yeah. like me or you who is. It's just not sold on him being the leader of a Super Bowl team. There's always the cat and mouse game. It's like a game of chess. And and the, the Cousins Crusader will make the first move and say, here's a stat. Here is a statistic that shows how great he is and how you should be carving the Hall of Fame bust. And then you come back and say, that stat is great. But why don't the teams win more? Why don't the teams get to the conference championship game? And, the, and then the Cousins Crusader says, well, it can't be his fault because look at the stat. Stat, stat, stat. But the cousin, Statily dat. But the eight but the pawns cousin, on the chessboard. There's eight pawns. But, they're all Kirk stands. See, see, <laughs> this is a useless fight because the cousin Crusader, the second Kirk is gone, will take Kirk out to, to the trash bin and throw him away and move on to Crusade the next thing Crusade. the Vikings do. <laughs> because they're. Well, get, but I, I hope that the next thing the Vikings do is worth crusading for. But I it, am happy to be a. A Kellen Crusader, if he, you know, if if he shows out and trade camp it's or not, something, they won't care. They'll still they'll still defend it. They'll still try and say that that the that the move was right. I want to be all, a Russell. I want to be a Russell Renegade next year. I'm given three first round picks, and I want to be a Russell Renegade. Seattle's gonna fire Pete Carroll. I don't think Russell's being traded to you. Uh, they would be really foolish to trade him, but. I mean, it I seems like it seems be- like he floated them a list of teams he wanted to go to yeah, last summer. I right, but if Pete Carroll's gone and they bring in a guy he likes to be coach, he's not he's not going to still demand a trade, will he? Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I, it's. I don't know. Locked in. I think I think you make the call if you're right. Yeah, or whoever is the GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say um, there there's there's some low level rumblings that might not be right. Big fan if uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra want to come to move and live in Minnesota. I think that'd be a great idea. I think you're, uh, I, I think it'd be great. I just don't, yeah. I think he's going to stay there. One, two step. All yeah. The way over here, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's a given. It's going to be Rick. So, well, those are your four key offensive stats here. You boys. Like that? You like that? Any other thought before we get to random Viking of the week, just anything state of the offense wise that is uh, sticking with you here going into this. Line? Justin Jefferson, NFC offensive player of the month. How about Ima- imagine what, imagine what takes Dude, place so if, if you, I don't want to say embrace him because that's not fair. They do embrace him. But if you lean into the experience of who this guy is and how special a player, um, here's a stat I think that they that's probably tracked, but it it's going to become important. And this is how you score 40 points on a semi-consistent basis. The stat I I want I want to see tracked now, and this is true in both the college and pro game, but in the pro game it, it works perfectly. Track purposeful overthrows to receivers that are done to get pass interference calls. 
That's becoming the new thing now. Overthrows or underthrows? Overthrows because you don't want the ball picked off. Well, underthrows so, will get you more pass interference calls. So, so, but, but I'm saying that the the receiver. It's just I'm not saying way over. I'm saying far enough where he's got the chance to catch it more than than the D back can turn around and pick it off because that's a problem. But I believe that the Vikings use that against the Chargers where you put the ball just like where Jefferson's got a chance to catch it, but the guy's going to grab him because I have seen that now on a weekly basis where, where defenders freak out and they just start to like maul the guy and it works. Well, heck in the pros, it works for the gain of, of the throw. So like, that's the next thing is with no real intention of completion, you just start to target the guy because you know that there's a very good chance that the unsuspecting poor sap who's playing corner is going to grab your guy and and maul him yes. and get and get a flag. I don't think it's like purposely. By the way, we need an acronym for this. Like P purpose P O P O. I'm beginning to W. Let something else. I've already got my my intangible my judd intangible index so i'm not sure what this would be <laughs> well, why but... don't you well, you're, you're overcomplicating it just throw the ball to justin jefferson down yeah, the field it. and he right. might draw a flag right but i'm saying you don't like, need to like but you don't you, need to like purposely overthrow but it you don't even need yards. to think about the fact that he won't catch the ball it doesn't matter it, it now doesn't matter he is right now so among the most targeted receivers in the nfl since this is you know stat of the week day here um, so he's the ninth most targeted receiver. I'd still like to see that be higher. I'm not going to lie. So he, so Cooper cup has 126 targets. Jefferson is 98. Yep. So that's, you know, it should be higher. I'd like to see a few more there, but, um, in terms of yards per reception among the top 10, he blows everyone. He's averaging over 15 yards per catch. The next closest is 13. He's just incredible. I mean, it's it's nice to have him, Anthony Edwards, Kaprizov. Right. Like, there's some Byron Buxton's oh, going to be around playing 25 games a year. I'm excited for these young yeah. players. Baseball, I can't wait for that. Um, I've got, I've got it. It's the nit. No intention to catch the nick. N i t c. No intention to catch. I think we can get rid of the the t there. How about just the the nick? Yeah. The nick. No the intention nick. to catch. No intention to catch. Okay. The, the nick. nick. Okay. That's the stat. The nick. So I don't many, care how, if you how, catch how the many ball. Nick throws to yes. Jefferson. Okay. Yes. And and you can make as many as you possibly want. And then the percentage <laughs> becomes the flags, which I think will be high. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's the acronym for Judd has lost like 30 oh, pounds in the last month or so, even during holiday season, and you can too? Uh, th- well, actually, that, that it just comes down to one thing, and that is my good friends at Livia Weight Control. Centers, uh, because yes, down 26 pounds, three plus pounds per week. It's been great for me. It can be great for you too. And now here's the best part. The Black Friday savings have been extended. So you could save 50% off the program. Your first visit is free. That's right. And, and as I keep saying, by the time January 1st hits, guess what? Have started to lose weight. You'll feel good. The clothes, they fit. They're not so snug now. Like you're pulling out clothes. I'm do- doing this now. They fit great. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM. That's 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA, L-I-V-E-A.COM. Give them a call. Tell them Scornorth and Judd told you that you too can change your life 
or the positive. Like it. Uh, let's talk about Federated real quick before we get to random Viking like of the week, too. They've like been helping that. business owners for over 100 years. They're all about risk management. You know, think about the wintry conditions, for instance, over the next few months that could impact your business. Just make sure that you've got all your bases covered. Make sure you've got frontline protection, the right people thinking about things off in the distance that could be harmful to your business. Risk management, employee protection, bottom line protection, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys, it's time for the random Viking of the week. Here we go. Where Declan faces Judd in a showdown. Judd leads 11 to 5 on the season. Judd has won the last three in a row. Before that, Declan won four in a row. It's been a, a year of streaks here on Random Viking of the Week. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out a series of clues. You each get three incorrect guesses you can guess at any time. You can ask me questions if you want to. We'll start with this. This Random Viking of the Week hails originally from Northridge, California. Site of the 94 earthquake. The episode. Oh. The Northridge earthquake. Okay. Let's bring Judd to, hmm. to trivia. No, 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 no. It's a great That's 30 for 30. Just watched it actually the other day. It's a great 30 for 30. About the Northridge earth, earthquake? Oh, I'm thinking of the World Series earthquake. I'm sorry. Wrong earthquake. Wrong California. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of earthquakes. A lot of earthquakes in California. We also did San Andreas. It's the whole thing. Uh, they all blend together. This random Viking of the Week played for seven NFL teams in his career. Okay. This random Viking of the Week was living in Northridge, California when the earthquake hit. Just so you guys know. What year was the earthquake? 94? 94. This random Viking of the Week is a pro bowler. Currently retired, this random Viking of the Week, I'm just looking at this now, does uh, weekly power ranking videos on his Twitter account and currently has the Cardinals, Packers, and Bucks in order as the top three teams in the NFL. But only has 5,500 followers. I'm a little surprised by that, not going to lie. You should call and help him. Monopolize that social media account. Let me show you how to get clicks. Clickety click. Yeah, rip Kirk Cousins. You guys just want clicks at Score North. All you do is rip Kirk Cousins. Power ranking. I'm sorry. Power rankings on Twitter. Is that what you said? Yeah, write that down there. All right. This random Viking of the week. I am right. I write everything down. Help me. This random Viking of the week was not highly touted out of college, but carved out pretty lengthy NFL career. 107 career NFL games. Obviously, seven teams. So the teams left. This random Viking of the week was once the starting first baseman for a Little League World Series team. In the finals, I might add. The finals. Little League World Series. This random Viking of the week was just a one-time Pro Bowler. Told you he was a pro bowler. He's a, a one-time pro bowler, but did make sixty-five million dollars in his career. Wow! So, you know, I think you'd take that. Would you rather have more Twitter followers or sixty-five, 65 million, million dollars? 
Six, so we made $65 million. All right, here's a few of the head coaches that this random Viking that we played for. And it's a lot. I'm not going to give you all of them because he played for he played for seven teams and oftentimes for multiple years. And so, But he played for Rex Ryan. He played for Romeo Crennel, Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, and both Mike Zimmer and Leslie Frazier. So did he play for Matt Patricia? So so did you preface that by saying head coaches? Head coaches. This random Viking of the week had a very prominent NFL quarterback as the best man in his wedding. That quarterback is currently retired. This random Viking of the week was drafted by a Major League Baseball team. Which shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, he was the starting first baseman in the Little League World Series finals, for God's sakes. Hold on. This random Viking of the Week was an offensive player. I've given you guys a lot of clues here so far. Yeah, um... This random Viking of the Week wore three different numbers in his NFL career. Seven, eight, and 16. Matt Castle. I knew Judd was going to get it after that. Judd Judd has like a jersey number memory bank. Amazing. Nice job. Who was his best man? Brady? Uh, Carson Palmer. Okay. Who, by the way, so Matt Castle was a backup all throughout college behind both Matt Leinert and previously Carson Palmer. He joined he did us. did not start a game. In, at Boomtown. Or friend, he's a friend of the show. Yeah. He's a friend, he's a friend really of the nice. show. He was a really nice guy, too. He is. He, excellent he, backup he, quarterback. His Twitter following is that small? It's crazy. I know. Because he's on Nesson, right? Uh, I, he's I, on NBC Boston. Boston. Okay. God, we should well, get him on that. We should get Matt Castle. But on that's the show. weird that he does. He It's weird he does a platform that big and has that small a Twitter following. What a loser. No, I mean, he's pretty good. I'm complimenting him. Yeah, but he's a Get loser. those Twitter followers. Only has 5, no, don't Twitter say that. I clicky, like Matt. clicky. You know what? I like Matt Castle. <laughs> and 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 he he parlayed the Brady 2008 uh, knee, right? Mm-hmm. He tore yes. his knee up. He parlayed that into a some nice paydays. Good for so him. He got paid. So he had that one big year with the Patriots and then. The Chiefs signed him to a massive contract, and at the time, he his first contract year was like sixteen million dollars in that first year. Yeah, in like two thousand nine, played for. Uh, did he play for Todd Haley in yeah. Kansas City? Todd yep. Haley. Okay, and then Romeo Cornell. I'm pretty sure Castle and Favre were the two highest paid quarterbacks, or like among that year, the two or three highest paid quarterbacks in like two thousand nine. So nice. So there you have it, Judd Zolgad coming in. Dexy, did you was yeah, your radar there at all? Yeah, no, I'm pretty frustrated. I'm um, I'm really frustrated. I didn't get that. That upsets me. It's gonna keep me up tonight. What are you gonna learn from this? Are you gonna study the film? No, I'm not gonna. There's no film to study really off uh, off situations like this. Uh, I just work here, and I'll just continue to make calls the line <laughs> when it, when it's my turn, and uh, make the throws that I have to make. To okay, that's fair. Blame coach. Yep. All right. Uh, we gotta go. Yeah, this has been about Purple Daily yeah. here, state of the offense, <sighs> and we'll see you guys 
after the Vikings-Lions game on Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Between them, we'll have a couple episodes, but see you guys.